In today's episode, I want to introduce you to Krista Cotton. Krista is the CEO of the cocktail brand El Guapo Bitters. Krista is a mom, entrepreneur, close friend, and a mentor that loves to pay it forward. Today, we're going to learn how Krista bought the El Guapo trademark from a local bartender and began developing her line of bitters, syrups, and mixers. And within two years, she struck gold with the 24-store deal with Costco. Or did she? Krista, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. It's my pleasure. So I always like to start the podcast with how I met somebody. And I think at this point, you are the fourth person in a row that I met at the Fab Conference. So I feel like soon enough, we're going to have to get Randy on here. Be on here. She's like the fairy godmother of connections. She's amazing. Yeah. So I'm noticing more and more, not that I ever doubted it. So we met now four years ago at Fab. Four years? four years ago. And I was just so overly impressed with you and what you were doing. And it was my introduction to the brand and really bitters besides for the ones that I grew up with. Right. And now four years later, you have spots on the Today Show. You've been parts of many programs. You are in national retailers. And this is awesome. So tell everyone who you are and tell us a little bit about Waffle Bitters. Uh, thank you. That's quite the introduction. Um, I am Krista. I um, always say mom first, entrepreneur second. So if you hear some banging in the background, it's my four-year-old. School's not in for another two weeks, so I'm kind of juggling both for the time being. But I grew up in a small town in South Georgia. I come from a really entrepreneurial family. I worked in family businesses for long enough to figure out that that's not what I want to (laughs) do. And I ultimately moved to New Orleans when I graduated from college in 2011, I want to say, maybe 2010, sometime around there. Maybe it, maybe it was 2010. I don't know. I've been here for a minute. Uh, but I started working in advertising initially, uh, which sort of forged a lot of relationships with chefs and different hospitality groups, and then ultimately worked in production for uh, Top Chef, the TV show. I started doing that for like season 10 of the show. And then really kind of wanted to marry product experience with uh, relationships and then my, uh, you know, love for the spirits industry. So I started New Orleans Beverage Group and the trademark for El Guapo was up for sale. So I acquired that in 2017. And here we are six years later in about 3,000 stores in 50 states and eight countries. Wow, that's amazing. Hands, bitters, right? To probably five, definitely 10 years ago, when you thought of bitters, there was one option. Right. How? Tell me this story. (laughs) I'm the granddaughter of a farmer, and I'm very interested in agriculture and, you know, agricultural practices, especially here in the South. Very interested in ingredients, how they're grown, um, how they're made well. Uh, So it really started as a labor of love with different ingredients. And, you know, I've taken two of my psalm exams. I kind of stopped doing that when I got pregnant, but I am interested in eventually going back and taking my third, but sort of marrying my palate with my love of cocktails, but going more on the bitters and syrup side of things. You know, we really started as a bitters brand. We were experimenting with chicory coffee, which is a New Orleans, you know, classic with pecans. Um, they were actually grown by my uncle. My uncle was our original pecan farmer, and he's still someone that we work with to this day. Um, we're now so large, we have to buy from several different pecan farmers, but still love my uncle. Uh, shout out to Kevin. Uh, but I really started, you know, with small batch recipes. You know, I loved uh, floral components. So I made a really great rose cordial. 
uh, with rose hips, rose petals, and rose water, and then just started kind of expanding from there. And now we have 12 different flavors of bitters, 12 different simple syrups, and six different mixers. Um, the mixers line is less expensive, and they're also in a larger size, size so they are pre-diluted and ready to just be poured over ice, and you can either add club soda or um, a spirit if you want an alcohol-free versus an alcoholic alternative. Um, but those really are for mass retail. Those goes in, go into grocers. And then our bitters and syrups are really um, complementary. They, you know, different different groups of bitters and syrups make pretty much every cocktail in the world. Uh, but those really go into our high-end um, hotels, bars, and restaurant clients that we've been working with from the very beginning. Well, my favorite's the lemon drop. Ooh, it's, it's really lemon. just... I, I actually bought it for the first time at Sachet. Oh, yeah, it's down in Charleston. So someone listening to this, they're excited about you and what you're doing in 3,000 stores. That's so many. It wasn't always easy. One of my favorite stories that you tell is how you pivoted really into where you are now with the mass retailer. Could you share your story with us? Oh, yes. That was a crazy one. It's still not easy. I wake up every day and, you know, I... And very optimistic. I think you have to be as an entrepreneur, you have to just believe you're going to figure it out. But it's definitely a twisty, windy, curvy road. And it's hard. And um, the story that you're alluding to is actually my COVID story. Um, we've gotten a lot of press about this. But I actually, when in 2019, I'd had my daughter. No, I guess, well, yeah, it was 2019. I'd had my daughter. And I knew that I needed to like, you know, get my stuff together um, to figure out you know, the next stage of business and really turn this from a hobby into an actual business. So I went through the Goldman Sachs 10,000 Small Businesses Program. I got my woman, my woman in business certification. And I applied for my first supplier diversity deal because, you know, as a woman, you're actually a minority business owner, which is insane, but it's true. So I had gotten my woman in business certification and applied to my first supplier diversity deal with Costco. And at the time, I thought it would take weeks to hear back, but I actually heard back in a matter of days. I was on a plane the next week to uh, Dallas where I pitched it and they were very clear that what I was pitching, um, you know, it could take a year to hear back, just come, you know, we just want to hear your thoughts, hear what you're working on. And at the time, there really weren't very many ready to drink uh, beverage lines on the market. And there definitely weren't any that were focused on sourcing and quality of ingredients. So I thought I smartly made up a few different recipes in my kitchen using my Lake Cuisine pots and pans and pitched it like I had I knew exactly what I was talking about and they bought it on the spot. So lesson number one, don't pitch something that you actually don't have made because I had about 90 days to go from, you know, here's something fun I made in my kitchen to a commercial recipe that's FDA approved with ingredients and, you know, nutritional panels. And, and here I thought you were gonna say. <laughs> and lesson learned is as long as nobody pulls out the bottom card in the house of cards, right? You don't take but we have a rock star team. We figured it out. We did test implementations with Costco for Thanksgiving and Christmas of 2019. We passed all of their um, different metrics, you know, with flying colors. They gave us a 24 store deal. It was every Costco in Texas, Oklahoma, and Louisiana. And uh, stubborn as I am, I was con I was really, really convinced and wanted to build this company without ever taking money from my parents or my family. So I took out a high interest loan. It was all I really qualified for at the time and manufactured all the ingredients and all the pallets that I needed to do this Costco deal. And I'll never forget it. In March 8th, uh, I was in Charleston for Charleston Wine and Food Festival. Uh, my Costco buyer called and she told me, you know, I'm so sorry to do this to you, but we are pulling your deal because we can see in our 
um, in our metrics that we need the space for toilet paper. There's a run on toilet paper. So I don't know how many people are listening to this that remember the great toilet paper shortage of 2020, but I went from literally thinking that I had the golden ticket and would be able to pay for my child's education. So I really went from thinking I had it all figured out to not having very much at all. All of my bar and restaurant partners around the country closed. My high volume play, which was the mixers line, was completely shut off from Costco. I had taken out this high interest loan and had to pay it back. And all food products have an expiration date because everything is fresh. Correct. So everything is fresh and everything everything was already bottled. Everything had the expiration dates. After I laid off my team, I was at home with my one-year-old at the time. And Brian and I kind of figured out that our website traffic had gone up exponentially. So we focused off of our- like toilet paper. Everybody was drinking a little too much. <laughs> exactly. So it didn't take us long to figure out that desperate parents would pay anything for a good Costco <laughs> home. Literally, uh, we ended up selling all of Costco's inventory through our website and our sales went up 882% in April over April of 2019. So we were able to pay off that loan. Everything, we didn't lay off any of our team members. They actually, we laid them off on a Friday and had everyone back to work on a Monday. It just happened that fast. But that's awesome. Yeah. So it ended up really working in our favor, but it was definitely scary. And on the whole, we ended up tripling our revenue in 2020, which led to us raising a little bit over a million dollars to move facilities. But we uh, used that money to move from 1,800 square feet into 32,000 square feet. And that's really, you know, the start of the story for how we've been able to really scale and compete on a national level. Um, you know, when COVID hit, we were probably, you know, only really regional in the Gulf South and, you know, in a few random places here and there in California and New York. But now we're really nationwide and also have relationships in eight different countries. Wow. I didn't know the international part. That's even cooler. And so much so you have such great relationships. Like I said, you were even recently on the Today Show and that wasn't even because you pitched it. I'm so excited. I know. I, um, you know, the funny thing is I, was on on the road in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. I was driving from my parents' place in Florida to the airport in Atlanta, and my phone was going crazy, but we couldn't actually see anything. And then all my friends were saying, you're on the Today Show right now, and we didn't even get to watch it until later. But it was very full circle, exciting moment. So exciting to be on the show. That's like a dream come true. Right. I was going to say, and it was only a few days after you were in New York. Yes, I know. I know. But thank you so much to Hoda and Jenna and to everyone who made that possible. Uh, very exciting to be on the show. Maybe next time we'll get you and one of your special hats here live. Uh, I hope. What else would you tell someone listening about you and the company and how important it is to just be strong and think out of the box and just really own who you are? Again, anyone who knows you knows you always have an amazing hat on. Your nails are always amazing. Like you're just, you are your brand. Yeah, I think that's so amazing. And what else would you tell somebody about how important that is? Thank you. I appreciate all the kind words. I think confidence is so important. And I think especially for women, it's hard to build that muscle. And it really is a muscle and you have to build it over time. I think, you know, luckily for me, I am my target audience. So it's easy for me to tap into that. But authenticity is the most important thing. And, you know, yes, I wear crazy hats. I wear crazy clothes. I have amazing manicures, but that really is my personality, whether I'm on the clock or off. That's, you know, what you see is what you get. And especially on, you know, I've had a lot of 
insane things happen throughout my life. And I'm very transparent about the stories. And I think a, a lot of the reason why people gravitate towards the brand and towards me is because there's a lot of transparency and also, you know, a, a real willingness and desire to help other women. It's not enough for me anymore to just figure this out for myself. I really want to hold the door open and help other women achieve their goals as well. And some of my most satisfactory days are the days that I get to mentor others. And, you know, I think that that has helped me build my brand, my personal brand and, and El Guapo as a cocktail brand standing alone by itself. But tapping into your authenticity, like wh whatever that means to you, whatever is, you know, the most important to you, figuring that out and then figuring out how to relate that to your brand is really um, you know, the piece that has made us very successful. But it took me a long time to get there. And fab was a big part of that journey. I remember showing up to my first fab, like totally scared. If you go, if you scroll back to the very beginning of the Instagram feed, you'll like never see a picture of my face. It's just like all the cocktails. And all now we can't run away. <laughs> right. But it didn't start that way. And it took me years and years and years to build that confidence. And, you know, COVID was a big curveball. And very scary time, but it also, I mean, I learned so much in that process and I think everybody has a plan to get punched in the face. And luckily for me, COVID gave me the opportunity to like take, take more risks and get further outside of my comfort zone. And, you know, now a lot of the success is, is what we have to show for that process. Well, I'm always impressed by you and everything you're doing. I look to you as a great sounding board always. And I definitely put you in my mentors room because I just learned so much every time I'm with you and you're constantly introducing me to people. And I feel like when I'm with you, it's like nonstop, meet this person, meet this person. And I can't thank you enough for that. So thank you so much for joining me today. Is there any final things you want to say before we sign off today? I mean, I just want to go to the Hamptons with you. When's that happening? <laughs> How about this? You send the dates and I'll make it happen. Okay, perfect. I'll even make sure to be fully stocked with all Guapo bitters. Perfect, perfect, perfect. Awesome. Maybe we can have a Hamptons entrepreneur party of sorts. Krista, thank you so much. Thank y'all. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Dana Delivers. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I want to encourage you to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And share it with your friends, colleagues, and anyone else who could benefit from it. We have great conversations with top leaders in the restaurant, franchise, and hospitality space, where they offer their knowledge and expertise and give us valuable insight into these industries. If you have any questions or observations you'd like to share with me, please reach out at dana.zukowski at aprio.com or visit our website at aprio.com to learn more about all the different ways Aprio can help your business. Thanks for tuning in and I look forward to delivering more valuable content soon.